Hey, what's what's up, bud? <laughs> you, you good? I'm here. <laughs> Do we need to talk about something? I gotta go to bed at a normal hour tonight. <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know. We're live, by the way. I just went ahead and started it. Yeah. Ah. Oh, that really, that peaked. That peaked the mic. <clears throat> That's it. Bye. Adios. This is the end of the episode. It's over. If you're listening to this now, you've just time traveled. What a great hour of content we just did. Did you ever listen to that Gus and Eddie episode where they uh, did the time travel advertisement? I don't remember. The whole joke. Well, I mean, it was just like uh, they forgot to mention an ad that they were doing. So he said, this is Eddie from the future. I just time traveled here. He tells the ad, and then as he's like, all right, see you later. Then he goes, ah, it hurts to time travel. (laughs) That's a great bit. Honestly, screaming is always a good bit, I think. Screaming is really funny. That's, (laughs) I think, over the course of my life, as I got older, you know, I found more and more clever, more... You know, maybe a little complicated on the surface, things funnier. Mm-hmm. You know, you reach a point in your life where you, you like, you know, refined humor. Sure. And jokes that make you think a little bit. And then at some point that starts going back downhill. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously the pandemic has accelerated this a bit and being online will accelerate it a bit. And now really dumb things are funny again. So when you were like in high school and you were like, oh, that stuff we used to do in middle school is not funny anymore. It is now. It's funny. Screaming is really funny again. (laughs) I think screaming has always been funny. A lot of humor is just being shocked and responding to being shocked by laughing. And I think screaming is a good way to good way to get you get you laughing. I don't know. I mean, it's a classic, Mm -hmm. Uh, a (laughs) well-placed, you know, scream where people aren't expecting it. Sure. Is a great way for a quick laugh. And hey, if I wasn't going to peek the mic, I would, uh, I'd be screaming right now. I'd be screaming. Oh, this we've whole done podcast. it in the past. <laughs> Welcome to the Screamo show. You never know when we're going to lose it. I already have. Hi. Ah! That was Hunter, not me. That was definitely Hunter screaming. That sounded like Matthew to me. Well, we'll let the listeners decide. They say we sound the same. How about this? Who screamed? (laughs) How about this? (laughs) We're going to put a poll up on the website the day this episode drops. (laughs) It's called Who Screamed? And if you get it right, we'll release an extra episode. (laughs) I haven't (laughs) haven't talked to Hunter about this yet, but... (laughs) No, I'm in. The the episode will be titled Captain Crunch Oops All Screams. (laughs) Bonus content. It's like behind the scenes. You know, like sometimes they have deleted yeah. scenes. Sometimes they have like right. making of. Ours is just unedited screams <laughs> for your entertainment. People will put up on YouTube like compilations of the best jokes or like funny moments. Mm-hmm. Terminally chill screams. <laughs> it's But it's not even a compilation. We're just going to scream for like uh, 30 seconds yeah. and then upload it as an extra episode. 30 seconds. 
Oh, I mean, I was, <laughs> don't, I was we're gonna not going to a little longer than that. <laughs> we don't want to put that much work into, uh, you know. Dude, I'll scream for as long as I need to <laughs> for the fans. Anything for the fans. Anything for the fans is hogwash. I'm going to do anything for me, and that's about it. I mean, that works. The fans aren't paying the bills, you know? I don't see them. Not yet. Wait till season three. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to renege on our promises that we wouldn't have a Patreon. Uh, never. I mean, <laughs> we did never. we technically promise it? We didn't say anything, and we are nowhere near <laughs> any appropriate <laughs> level at which. If every single listener of our show gave us $1 a month, we might have $12. Go out to eat, <laughs> maybe. We could go get some McDonald's like once a quarter. Yeah, it would be great. Uh, I do think this is kind of lame, but I think thinking about humor is very interesting. I heard humor defined once as the connecting of two things that previously in your mind have been unconnected. Mm -hmm. Like learning. And I think that's kind of interesting. There's, uh, yeah, I, this might be anecdotal and it might not be you know, causal, but I think it's fascinating that uh, there's not much difference between the aha of a new discovery and the haha of jokes. I heard it here first, folks. So what you're saying is the band Aha is a comedy band. Yes. Well, okay. I mean, everybody knows that Take On Me is not a real song. It's not good. It's a joke. It's yeah. just funny. It's really funny that his voice goes that high, you know? Yeah, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't know voices could go that high. I do pick up with what you're throwing down. I think being surprised is usually a pretty strong, like, you know, like I said, being shocked. But whether it's just like being startled, shocked, <laughs> or like being shocked that two disparate things in your brain connect. Right. Or something like wordplay. Where it's like, oh, I didn't think of like connecting the meaning of that word to this thing. Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's interesting. And it's, you know, sometimes you get told a joke and you have to think about it a little bit to like get the actual connection or like the double meaning or whatever's going on. And it's kind of fun. It's jokes turn into puzzles like that sometimes. Well, think about like funny bad movies. You know, like when you're watching a movie that's funny because it's terrible. Mm -hmm. It's like you're watching someone with like an alien's grasp of humanity. Usually it's usually like because it's awkward or like it looks like reality, but it's not quite. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think a lot about how things that are just like horribly awkward make us pity laugh, I guess. Do they? Or do I guess not do they, but do you find like really awkward things funny? It depends. Like, um, Sometimes I just cringe if it's, like, actually awkward. I mean, like, awkward in the sense that, like, it, like, bad acting is awkward. Where it's, like, yeah, you get the sense that someone is trying really hard to seem like a normal human, but they're, they're not coming across as a person. Yeah, and I think it's a subverting of expectations. Like, oh, usually when you watch something, people are supposed to act good. But mm -hmm. when they act bad, it's funny. Mm -hmm. Like Neo in The Matrix. I've never seen The Matrix, but I agree with you. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll co-sign. Thanks for agreeing on something that you haven't seen. You haven't seen any movies, though, so, I mean, I guess yeah, that's to be no, expected. Yeah, no, that's correct. 
longtime fans of the show and also fans of me personally will know that I have seen like 10 movies. Listen, bud, I don't mean to be the uh, <laughs> the voice of traditional masculinity on this podcast, but uh, if you haven't seen Fight Club, <laughs> not a man. I have seen Fight Club. Okay, <laughs> good. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, uh, I watched uh, it in, I want to say college at some point, because I was just like, oh, everybody, I was probably still on Reddit at the time. People are like, oh, this is a really great movie. And I was like, well, I should probably watch it. And I watched it. I was like, this sucked. <laughs> like, Fight Club. It's one of those. <laughs> might be the most pretentious movie, in my opinion. <laughs> because it's like. It's so bad. It's not. I don't think it's a terrible movie. But I do think that people think it's way smarter than it is. Yeah. It's one of those things that get this gets this sense of like. And to be honest, I couldn't even like recall the full plot for you right now. Because I'm not sure. But it's one of those things where it's like, whoa, what if punching people and doing terrorism is good? Well, no, see, that's the thing. The movie's actually, I think the movie's intention is to actually say that those things are bad. I think the but problem not is how people teenage boys it. watch that movie and they think that it's really cool. Right. So then they're like, oh, Fight Club is awesome because uh, punch guy, uh, fight strong man. Yeah, I guess if it didn't have that culture around it, it would probably like be less bad of a movie. It's just like so many wacky people. It's one of those movies that like there are those certain pieces of media that if someone is like really really into them, mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to be around you." Yeah. <laughs> I think of that. I think of and maybe this is just because I come from a finance background, but uh Wolf of Wall Street is one of those movies too that I, one of my good friends was like this was a couple years ago she was like all my boyfriend wanted for christmas was a poster of jordan whatever his name is belfort belfort um, yeah that works and he got this like huge canvas print of it or whatever and stuck it behind his desk at work can you imagine being that guy <laughs> Like, okay, I have seen the, have you seen the Wolf of Wall Street? Have you actually seen the I've movie? not, but I'm under the impression that uh, Leo DiCaprio plays a really big jerk who's on Wall Street and yells at people and probably does drugs, but makes mm-hmm. a lot of money. Does lots of drugs. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. movie. So, you know, I think Martin Scorsese is a good filmmaker overall, not to like divert into like talking about movies. But that movie doesn't come down hard enough on the fact that this dude was a total <laughs> asshole. Mm-hmm. And it's also so pornographic that genuinely not worth watching. Like, it's it's just too, it's too much. Nice. However, I watched it on an airplane. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, Given what you've just said. I knew, okay, no, but it's very funny because I knew there was some stuff in it, but I liked Goodfellas and you know um, The Departed so I was like uh, Kind of a Scorsese fan So I was like okay I'll watch it And the version that they showed on a, on the plane Was thankfully edited um, Oh that's good they, they cut out all the like really really bad stuff But the funniest thing was that There were some scenes that were essential to the plot Where there were just like Naked people around 
Um, mm-hmm. And instead of cutting those scenes, what they would do is they would just zoom in real close on the faces. So oh, all no. of a sudden, <laughs> it would get really low res and up close on, like, Margot Robbie, just, like, in a scene. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that this is happening because I'm on an airplane. <laughs> right. Where can I find the Christian cut of these movies? That would be an invaluable service. Yeah, I know that there is a thing that does that, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. But it's not worth it. Not worth your time. (laughs) No, absolutely not. (laughs) It just sounds terrible. And I, people complain sometimes about, like, media over-moralizing or, like, holding the viewer's hand to, like, tell them the meaning of things. But also, when you have large groups of people seeing movies like this and being like, yeah, actually, I think that thing is good, and I would like to be that. Maybe it's okay for the media to hold your <laughs> hand a little bit. It's so funny, because if you go back to like um, some of the first crime movies in like the 1920s, they would have warnings before the movie saying, like, like we do not endorse the behavior of the characters <laughs> in this movie. That's so good. And I think that's great. <laughs> Bring that back, yeah. honestly. <laughs> like, just tell people, hey... Mr. Belfort here was a jerk. Like you don't want to emulate <laughs> Please this don't man. do that. You're not going to have success with women or your self confidence <laughs> if you do these things. You will also probably go to jail. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Gotta be smart, man. I mean, this just reminds me of a one-off story I had. Uh, so I majored in accounting and finance in school, and I was like you know not very into the finance culture but i was like oh we have a club that like does some investment things maybe i should go try and be a part of that for networking stuff mm. i show up to the first meeting and i'm like well it's like 98% guys because of course it is and i'm i'm not going to try and judge them or you know i know all the finance bro stereotypes they sure look the part like maybe they're good guys so someone does an opening presentation. We break out into small groups. There's like a senior in each group to be like, hey, guys, you know, here's here's what our specific group does. We all research a different sector, blah, blah, blah. And the first thing out of this kid's mouth, and I could not make this up if I tried, was to tell us that cocaine and prescription drugs are not addictive. Oh, the first thing. I didn't even know his name. He just, like, I guess decided that was on his mind and it was important to say. So, <laughs> that is a big part of this, like, weird businessman culture <laughs> thing. Yeah. Which I did have some experience with being a marketing major. Like, my version of that was just, like, being on a group project with someone. And she was talking about how her boyfriend was a med student and was like a great guy, but was like way into heroin. And I was like, oh, Mm. so, oh, you felt comfortable telling us this, right? Like, this is something you want (laughs) to talk about. Um, And I, I mean, I know I'm sheltered, but like, that still seems like something I wouldn't just go talking about. I don't get it. And I'm very grateful that I work at like a normal business where like I've, (laughs) obviously never run into any of this in the real world but there's so many weird things about business culture that and my other like main beef is 
the only activity that anyone wants to suggest people do, and this is in the real world too, is go drinking. Mm -hmm. No one knows how to do anything else to like socialize. No. It's like, hey, do you want to do do a happy hour? You want to get drinks? Yeah. That's lame. I mean, there's nothing wrong with drinks. I'm not against getting drinks, you know, but. Yeah. I would like it to be mixed in with some other activities every once in a while. Sure. Right. And it's like, let's go to happy hour after work. And also, if you're free on the weekends, let's like go hit the bars. Do you guys do anything else? Not to mention how expensive hitting the bars is. Let's be real. Right. And it's so wacky to me to have (laughs) spent four years ostensibly learning about like among other things, budgeting and saving and retirement plans and like the importance of all these things. And then being like, no, I want to go drop a couple hundred every weekend on Mm -hmm. way overpriced, crappy cocktails. What? Nah. Go go bowling. You know what's a good way to take drinking and turn it into a fun activity? Is to learn how to make cocktails. That is very fun. And then have uh, have friends over. That is my one of my 2021 plans. I've started stocking up the bar a little bit just when I have a little extra money and learning how to make little things because it's fun. And also, like, if I don't know how to make everything, I can just be like, look, I have a decently stocked home bar. Go nuts. Mm-hmm. You know, make make yourself a cocktail. That's cool. That's an adult thing to do. It's adult. It's fun. And it is like it's more of an activity than just going and dropping $15 on a drink, you know what I mean? Right. Take that $15, get a decent handle of like half of any liquor. Go nuts. I mean, don't go nuts. Don't go don't no, drink responsibly, please. Put out the nuts for, for eating snacking. while you drink. Mhm. Everyone knows that salty snacks go really well with drinking. So, that's the one. That's fun. I miss uh This is not going to be the COVID episode, by the way, but... We already had the COVID episode. Every episode is the COVID episode, I guess. Yep. I miss miss hosting events. Having people over and doing, like, little dinner parties and stuff. I don't know if you're uh, someone who enjoys hosting things. Yeah, I've got a friend group here where we take turns hosting, or we used to, rather, take turns hosting dinners um, every week, just about... Um, and that's always just a lot of fun. Like, I think the, the biggest suffering I've had from COVID has been my social life, which I guess is like, okay, you know, not the worst thing in the world. Some people are having a lot worse times, but just like people that I don't normally text, Mm -hmm. but I would usually see in person on a fairly regular basis. Those friendships are the ones that suffer because I'm not used to communicating with these people, um, electronically the same way that I do maybe some other friends. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of sucks. Yeah, there's definitely, like, different subsets of people in my life where, like, there are people that it would be weird for me to text about anything other than planning to meet up. And in my mind, those are some of the best relationships out there because texting sucks. Mm -hmm. Is a necessary evil because my friends don't live in the same place as me. We've had this conversation. (laughs) Have we? (laughs) I mean, just the second episode of our show was about emails. Oh. Dude, I don't remember anything that we say on this show. <laughs> oh, man. Our, our wiki is going to have to be updated again. It's going to be so bad, man. Our the lore editors. the lore hounds of this show are going to be so <laughs> confused. Man, pour one out for Jesse. 
Oh, yeah. Jesse, too. Unbelievable. Well, this seems like a good place as any to introduce the show. I guess. Welcome to another episode of Terminally Chill. We're still cooking, baby. We're alive, but we're barely breathing. Yeah. Let's pray into a God that we do believe in. Do believe in. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now that's it. That's comedy, right? That's the kid spot version. (laughs) (laughs) It is pretty wild that we've reached the end of 2020. I I have to say, it doesn't feel like it. No. And I mean, I guess it won't because like 2020 is just going to forever be the COVID year, and the COVID year won't end until like COVID mostly ends Mm -hmm. unless you're like those people who are like we're never going back to normal you know what i mean (laughs) yeah there's there's awful people on both sides as there always are you have the like we're gonna have to stay inside forever people and then the people who have been living normally for the past year like i just don't believe that as a society we will never have live music or like sports events again (laughs) like yeah i mean it's it's really weird to say that because there are places in the world where this is happening right now mm -hmm. like i was uh i saw a piece the other day that was going back to wuhan in you know china where this thing like first was recognized Mm -hmm. and a year from the date that it was like first discovered they're living mostly normally because like china did crazy lockdowns and Mm -hmm. mostly eradicated it like people are clubbing in Wuhan. This might sound terrible, but like even if COVID didn't go away entirely, I think people as a society would just choose to start as horrible as it is, just choose to start ignoring it eventually. Like, yeah, I mean like even well you have the people who don't think it's real and then you have the people who are like, "Oh, it's not a big deal." Mm-hmm. And then you have a lot of people it's like getting bigger in number every day that are just like I know that this is real, but like, I'm tired Mm -hmm. and I don't care. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why we will never like, you know, that's why we will always have that. And that's like, people will find a way to make that happen because like, I don't know, there's too much lost in people's minds Mm -hmm. for it to like not become normal to, to be in public like that anymore. Like we may have more, I think we will have more like a greater awareness of this kind of thing. You know, maybe more people will continue to wear masks or will like, you know, wear masks for other reasons. I don't know. But I think as a, like, I don't think there's going to be like, we're not going to be locked down forever. (laughs) Yeah. No. And I think like, obviously we're not epidemiologists, but hopefully some degree of herd immunity by summer 2021. And then like, you know, it, I don't think it's unreasonable to be like, oh, maybe people wear masks in flu season for like a couple months and you try and restrict smaller gatherings or just like keep things small mm-hmm. with people you trust. But like, I mean, we'll be all right. We've it's it's funny to have all these people compare this to like the 1918 Spanish flu and then be like things will never be the same. Things were the same after the last <laughs> pandemic, you know. Yeah, like we don't go we don't go nuts in flu season now and like lock down every year because there was the Spanish flu. You know, it's kind of funny. The Spanish flu was followed immediately by the Roaring Twenties. So, I mean, dude, what I'm hearing is fourth wave swing revival. Um, I wasn't alive for the last cultural moment where swing got revived in like the late 90s but i hear a lot about it um 
I know how to swing dance. Yeah, you do. I mean, not really, but like no, a little. No, not bit. not at all. I I've never been. I think swing dancing is one of the things that I'm going to do like within a month or two of hopefully getting the vaccine at some point. I just want to go be around people. I hope you have a good time. Thanks. I no, might. Nothing but the best for you, friend. Are you going to go bowling? No. <laughs> when when, <laughs> when would I go bowling? Bowling is... I uh... mean, like, once you get vaccinated. Dude, I'm going straight from the, <laughs> the vaccine site to the bowling alley. <laughs> oh, man, I've been... <laughs> I've just been rolling balls across my, my hardwood floor <laughs> for months. The lanes have been calling me, man. <laughs> I just want to get my hands all <laughs> oily because of the ball. I just want to, like... <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just want to, like, put on shoes that other people have worn. And... <laughs> Oh, I want to watch really grotesque animations whenever I hit a lot of pins. Um, this is definitely one of the best types of guys we've made. Yeah. I mean, okay. So tell me if this is your experience with bowling. My hands are just the right size where like there is no bowling ball that has like the correct size for the finger holes. Mm-hmm. They're either too tight or way too loose. I don't know. I, I suppose loose is probably the way you want it. I don't I'm not a good bowler, so I wouldn't mm-hmm. know. But I also don't know what weight is ideal for me. So I just kinda mm. grab a ball and just stick to it. But I find bowling to be very uncomfortable most of the time. <laughs> you don't enjoy bowling? So there's a there's a certain subset of things which a lot of people enjoy. Um, and that I am truly terrible at. I don't think anyone's good at bowling. I mean, obviously some people are, but like uh, most people no, who go man. bowling don't bowl to be good. This is what everyone says. They don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand the depths <laughs> of my badness at bowling. <laughs> you don't understand how bad I am at ping pong. That's another one of those things. Really? Yeah. We definitely played ping pong, by the way. <laughs> when when we met i didn't think you were i don't recall you being that bad at it my statement is this i think these things are great for people who are decent at them i'm so bad at them and it would take time to get good i would have to try to get good the payoff is i have fun for 30 minutes maybe twice a year so i don't really feel like putting in the effort to get good at these things when I could simply do other things that I enjoy more. Sir, you could just ask us to raise the bumpers on these lanes. <laughs> There's really no need for that. <laughs> that is what a coward would do. <laughs> I am not There are a, a lot of people coward. out there. I, here's, a, here's a really, what do they say? Light opinion strongly held. Okay. If you are over the age of 18 and you ask me to bowl with the bumpers on... I don't have any respect for you. See, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you understand it at least. I've been asked by by friends in college, like, can we bowl with the bumpers on? No. Are you a child? So here's the thing. That's why that's why uh I have to have children <laughs> so that I can play <laughs> bowling with the bumpers on and no one will laugh. <laughs> 
I have to find a wife, <laughs> get married, and raise a family so that I can show my face at the bowling alley again. Hey, Steve, what you doing back here? I thought we taught you your lesson last time. I'm just here with hey, my son, bro. man. <laughs> it's a family activity. Come on, guys. It's my son. That's why I need the bumpers. <laughs> I do think, though, if you're going to have bumpers, you have to do it like uh, Kip and Napoleon Dynamite, where he bounces it oh, back yeah, and absolutely. forth. Yeah. Well, there's there's no excuse for just, like, taking a medium-sized ball and, like, wailing it down the lane with everything you have at that point. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it'll hit. Yeah, that's the fun part of it. Yeah. I I did rediscover the joy of bowling, even though I'm not very good at it. Uh, earlier this year when we were allowed to go outside so here's to uh here's to hitting the lanes in 2021 or not or not (laughs) although i will say like bowling falls into that weird range of like i guess i'm gonna call them young adult activities where there aren't that many like things Mm -hmm. that young adults do together like as an activity so sometimes someone will just go like you want to go bowling (laughs) Because, like, here are the list of things that I know that young adults out of college in their early to mid-20s do. Drink. Go to the clubs. You can link those two, kind of. Continue. That's all I got. Mini golf. Bowling. Wii tennis. Driving range. Driving car. Real fast. Drag racing? Is that what you're <laughs> Drag racing? <laughs> I love being in my early 20s and drag racing my Hyundai for money. <laughs> Just, you know, normal stuff. Yeah. There's like, I feel like as a, as a young adult, you have to kind of make that decision. Like, what weird hobby am I going to get into and drag some friends? Because mm-hmm. sure. otherwise you're just going to drink. But you have, then you, as you get older, you you find your different types of guys. You have guys who grab a case of beer and just put Smash on the GameCube and invite a bunch of people over. You have your people who get interested in different hobbies and all of a sudden you're you're playing in your adult kickball league. Sure. You are having people over a book club. Like, you just got to pick something. Yeah. I think a lot of people have no real hobbies is a big problem. Yeah. That we that we're clearly facing. Because just like anecdotally, I have a friend who is doing a graduate program and he does teaching. And he says like some things one of the ways he like gets to know students is to just like ask them their hobbies and stuff. Like mm-hmm. just tell me what you're interested in, you know, just as like a way to get started. And he says that like most people write things like hanging out or browsing the internet as their hobbies. Those are not hobbies. Those are not pastimes. I mean, I guess that browsing the internet is a pastime, but like, I just don't think being alive is a pastime. I don't think you can call hanging out with friends a hobby. It's like, yeah, it's just a normal social thing that we do. Like a hobby is, say you get really into photography or uh you know like 
like okay you can do photography for money i'm saying like a hobby is just like purely for its own enjoyment you get into photography or mm -hmm. carving or painting or you know playing guitar i don't know doing things just for the joy of doing them that's that's a hobby to me right and i feel like a I lot of people the, uh, just don't know how to do that yeah i think the rise of just like having a million distractions at your fingertips stops you from desiring to actually cultivate something because a hobby is one of those things that like is not going to be enjoyable like the whole time you're doing it every time it might be something that you have to work at like learning an instrument or you know mm -hmm. getting better at a skill or craft but it's it's hard to repeatedly choose those things when you can open the internet mm -hmm. and have like anything you want at your fingertips so I don't think I'm thinking of like all the awful like dating app conversations people have showed me where it's like, oh, what do you do for fun? And people are like, oh, I watch Netflix and I eat and mm -hmm. I sleep. It's like you've just described two things that are essential for survival <laughs> and you like passively sitting in front of the television. <laughs> like that's what are you doing? Yeah. So this is maybe me jumping to conclusions. I don't know. I haven't fully fleshed this out, but I wonder if there's like a connection between like having an interior life and having hobbies where it's like you have like time to think and to, you know, just focus on one thing instead of being distracted. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely buy that. I think hobbies are one of those things. And again, we're going to disclose this anytime we talk theology, <laughs> even remotely. So we don't know what we're talking about, but I think hobbies are one of those things we talk about uh, prayer sometimes as, as like wasting time, right? Because there's no, it doesn't produce anything. It doesn't sure. make anything. It doesn't like, you know, there's no finite end to when you are like done praying for the day or something. Mm -hmm. But it is something that achieves uh, a higher purpose of being good in and of itself and also just like spending time with god and jesus and mary and the saints like that's that's good in and of itself and to me hobbies are one of those things that like if i decide that i'm gonna learn how to play the drums you know i'm not when i'm practicing the drums if i eventually get good at the drums that's not like a thing i can produce and sell i mean unless i get really good i guess but it's not something that i'm doing for that purpose it's something that's enjoyable in itself and it produces good in itself because you are doing something good, not because mm -hmm. there's some like end product. So I do kind of want to expand my definition of hobbies though, because I think there are some things that are more passive that can be hobbies. Mm -hmm. um, as long, but I think the key thing is the mind mindset that you have going into it. So I think someone who genuinely enjoys trying different coffees or maybe even like yeah. smoking a pipe, like I, not as like an image thing, but like something that they genuinely enjoy, like taking time out of their mm -hmm. life to try different things or to like spend a few minutes doing something without distraction. I think those things could technically be hobbies. I think even like watching movies could be a hobby if you do it from a point of view of like genuine love for film as an art form. Um, I think what I'm getting at here is not a lot of people passively do these things without thinking about it. Like, most people drink coffee every morning. Most people watch a ton of Netflix. I think the reason that it's bad is because it's done with like only either only like the function of drinking coffee in mind or only like the 
the thoughtless entertainment of watching a movie, you know, like I think it, it would go a long way to take the next step for a lot of people and like get into those kind of things, like really learn about them and try to like get, get positive impact on your life from it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think the two things that kind of designate and I'm totally spitballing here as well, but the two things that kind of popped up in my mind while you were talking that like designate a hobby are commitment to it and investment in it. So like, mm -hmm trying out coffees like you can just like go to the store and like buy coffee and like buy a different coffee if you want and like that's not a hobby but if you if this is something that you're committed to and you're interested in mm -hmm. you know like actually committing to doing this for a period of time and trying different things and spending time to go places to try things and also investing in the thing itself not like drinking coffee just to like i don't know find good coffee and then stop trying new ones but to like actually get to know things about the coffee that you're drinking and where it comes from and the different processes for making it and the different machines that go into it and all that jazz like that in my mind is what turns it in from something just like random that you do to an actual hobby mm -hmm. and like maybe like maybe another thing that i'm getting uh, uh kind of picking up on or like hinting at that I don't think is necessarily related to it being a hobby or not is like leisure. Like, I just like to think about how when I was a kid, my um, grandmother and I would sit outside to drink our coffee in the morning, like, which is not, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't ever go sit outside to drink my coffee. Yeah. And I, I imagine most people don't, most people probably just have it with their breakfast and that's it. Just thinking about like ways that you can set aside time for like thoughtful, isolation or like moments of, of relaxation seems like it would be very beneficial in people's lives. Yeah. And I think that's hobbies are one of those things that when we talk about cultivating an interior life, like having being fully present in that thing you are doing, even if it's just, you know, something that doesn't have like a moral value in and of itself. I think just being present while doing things will I mean, I'll, I won't pull punches here. I think being present while you're doing things will show you Christ more often and lead you better to him. Some of the best, most like clear moments I've had in this sense are, you know, one, when I'm in adoration, you know, no one has their phone on during adoration. You are focused on what you're doing. Obviously, you get distracted in your own thoughts. That happens in anything. Mm -hmm. But you are intentionally trying to focus. Or when I'm with friends and I never want to pull my phone out, because I'm with these people and I am enjoying like the the active moment that I'm in. And that's when you're able to, I mean, pick up on the joys of what you're doing, but also like, you know, if you're not attentive, how are you going to see Christ in things? Are we another, yet another podcast saying phone bad? Dude, I'll say it. The platform, phone that, bad. <laughs> the platform that most people listen to podcasts on. Phone bad, except for our podcast. I want that very clear. Phone bad. Uh, Listening to our podcast is a hobby. Book good. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> it makes me think of the fact that a lot of time I cross-contaminate my interests. The biggest example I can think of is that I will ne almost never, if I'm eating alone, eat a meal without some form of entertainment on. Mm -hmm. Either I have my phone out or I'm watching a video or I'm watching a something while I eat. Yeah. Which... I think probably detracts from my enjoyment of both things. 
in some way. What about just enjoying the meal as its own thing? I don't know. There's, I think, yeah, I think that's like another part of the whole everything is a distraction now thing we face. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just about mindfulness. I've tried this before actually <laughs> because I would find myself and I do the exact same thing that like I made breakfast this morning and then I pulled up YouTube because I was like, oh, I want something to watch while I eat. But sometimes I will eat and then I'll like have a full meal and I'll be like, oh, I'm still hungry. Like, why? But then you realize that it's because you didn't even realize like your brain didn't process that you were eating. So it's like, oh, I still need to eat. And Mm -hmm. I found that when I like turn everything off and like just actually have my meal and focus on what I'm eating, not only does it taste better because I'm actually thinking about it while I eat it, Mm -hmm. but I am more full when I am done eating. Yeah. It's wild to think like 30 years ago, everyone just did that normally for the most part. I mean, obviously there was TV and you could sit in front of it while you ate, but like I'm thinking like pre-internet, like imagine living like that. Yeah. Where like you, you didn't have the choice to be distracted all the time. And like, I don't know. I think that can turn food into a sort of like, like when you start mixing entertainment with eating, for example, it turns both things into like almost necessary for each other. Like when I get a lot of times when I'm watching stuff, I think what I should probably eat something while I watch this. Right. Or when I'm eating something, I think I should watch something while I'm eating. And like a big revelation I had, and I think everyone should try this. I know this is, we're not a prescriptive or advice podcast, but (laughs) I think everyone should try like fasting for a week from like snacking and stuff like that. If you haven't before, just because you you may not realize how intertwined like your entertainment is with with just like gluttony. It took me mm-hmm. like just stopping all like all snacking for me to realize that like the reason that I found myself staying up late and like having bad nights of sleep was that I wanted to watch things and eat and like yeah. Like I didn't really understand that until I just took it away and then I didn't want to stay up late anymore. <laughs> like I just right. wanted to go to bed. Yeah, it's really cool how like one thing can set off a weird positive chain of like events in your life. I did um I did no snacks for Lent this year and I realized the same thing that like oh, well if I don't eat snacks throughout the day, like my meals need to fill me up mm-hmm. because I'm going to be hungry otherwise. Oh, well like if I'm watching YouTube every time I eat and not focusing on my meal, I'm going to be hungry afterwards, so I have to cut that out and I have to start eating more intentionally and now you know, one thing leads to another. And obviously I didn't change that because I'm a moron. Um, but hey, if buddy, I were to, <laughs> I still do late night snacking every once, every once in a while. Yeah. A lot. lot actually eating food is great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Hey, it's one of the top five things we do, you know, I'll say it, <laughs> but yeah, it's wild how like starting to realize that makes, uh, makes things so much better. I'm like, Especially now, because let's be honest, I spend like almost every waking moment right now on the internet in some form because I've told myself that there's nothing else to do. And like, I could be like, I don't know, reading books, doing other offline things, presumably inside my house. And obviously, that stuff's kind of limited in general. But like, it's so destructive because even when I will try to read and like put down my phone and pull up a book, like five pages in, I'm like, oh, I wonder if anyone's texting me or like oh, I have any mm-hmm. notifications or anything's going on on Twitter. Like, 
it's so exhausting to fight back against that that you just like try for a little while and then you give up because you're like i can't like it it's everywhere and it becomes the sort of thing where it's like you need to check that because what if you have an email from someone important or what if you have a text from someone that's like urgent or you know like mm-hmm. that's the uh, you know like i think okay all right new rule we're going to say this on the podcast. Society is going to agree, okay? Mm-hmm. All right. From this day forth, if you are going to cold call someone, it has to be an emergency. Otherwise, <laughs> plan your, your conversations via phone and only cold call people in emergencies. That way, you don't have to text them anything important. And if someone sees a call come through, they know it's important. So I can ignore all texts and email communications when I'm not like working or focusing on something yeah that way i can put my phone away safely knowing that if something is important i'll get a phone call and we as a society all agree that we're Mm -hmm. never going to send important information via text or email ever again (laughs) okay this is this is really devastating consequences for when i want to call in a pizza order (laughs) you gotta text it man I call the pizza shop. Hello, is this an emergency? <laughs> yes. Duck. I need some, some doughy Italian goodness ASAP. Doc, I need pizza right now, man. <laughs> Doctor, my sauce levels are dangerously low. <laughs> I'm just imagining someone plugged up to a monitor that says cheese bread and sauce on it and like the numbers are going way down as far as i'm concerned those are the food groups <laughs> everything is either cheese bread or sauce <laughs> there are no other foods well we'll talk meats we'll say meat on top of that too because you gotta have pepperoni what is meat but just solidified sauce <laughs> that's um do you squeeze even... meat you squeeze raw meat, what comes out? Sauce. That's Makes not you a, think. That's not a take worth taking seriously. Makes you think. Uh, <laughs> Doctor Pizza well, is funny. I think nine one one. Nine one one. What's your emergency? You know, you have medical. You know, you've got the police. You've got the firefighters, and you got Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> Papa John's emergency hotline. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that would go, but I think it has potential. (laughs) I just like, I I know I wish in some ways I wish Papa John was still the face of the company. So I could have a commercial with him going, if you need a pizza dial nine one one right now. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine? (laughs) What happened to Papa John, man? I mean, the last thing I remember was the 40 pizzas in 30 days thing. Mm. Um, I remember that he was on the H3H3 podcast. And I listened to that podcast because I wanted to know what was happening with Papa John. But um, right. I don't know what happened after that. I don't remember anything. I mean, I look. His day of reckoning certainly did come. <laughs> like, Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. If he was talking about COVID, man, he was right. Personal life. Oh, this is really disappointing. I think 
this is like the recurring bit that we have on this show is like reading Wikipedia articles. <laughs> yeah. I don't hate it. While you read about Papa John on Wikipedia, can I tell you a funny story? Yes. I, in high school, I knew somebody who will remain nameless, obviously, but um, she was kind of, we weren't really friends, but we were acquaintances and we hung out with some of the same people. So at lunch one day, we're all, te- we're all hanging around just chatting. We're talking about Papa John's pizza. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh yeah. So Papa John from the commercials, my uncle dates him. Oh. And I said, oh, that's, that's interesting. Why would, why would she have any reason to lie about this? Was for some reason my thought. I don't know why I didn't like look it up, but I believed that for a while. Oh, buddy. <laughs> and so did other people. And she was dead serious. She talked about it for a while. Turns out Papa John is a uh, heterosexual and married to a woman or was married to a woman. Yeah, they uh, unfortunately, one of the things I uncovered is that they are now divorced. But I just thought I'd share that that little little tidbit of a story. People like to just lie for no reason, and I don't like it. It is kind of funny, but you have like a maximum half hour cap on <laughs> like revealing to someone the truth. No, but like, okay, so lying for a joke is one thing. I'm certain that she was not lying as a joke. I I oh, think she okay. was lying. Well, that's lame. For like, um, I don't want to say attention because like, I don't know. She was lying for some reason only known to herself. Sure. Yeah, that's weird. I don't get that. Actually, <laughs> this reminds me of uh, one of the funniest lying for a joke stories, which is that my freshman year of college, I was on a Model UN trip, mm-hmm. and we were all hanging out, and at the time, it was the uh, the 2016 World Series, the one that the Cubs had been in for the first time in, you know, 100 years or whatever. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> One of the kids on the team uh, was a bit uh, inebriated, shall we say, and a huge baseball fan was very concentrated on the game, and they said something on the broadcast that was like, this is the first integrated World Series that the Cubs have played in, like racially integrated because it's been so long since Mm -hmm. they were in the World Series, right? (laughs) We told that to our friend who was inebriated, and he just looks at us with like the most shocked face a man can muster and he goes this is the first integrated world series (laughs) and he was like he was in awe (laughs) and he just like sat there like staring off into space for like five minutes (laughs) we were losing our minds and we were like no no no! it's the first one that the cubs he was like this is the first one that's integrated <laughs> poor guy poor guy it was an incredible moment um i had a i was at a band in high school and our guitarist one time told us that he was going to play he was like swapping schools that he was going to for college because he got a tennis scholarship he posted it on facebook picture with him and his mom holding like a jersey for the college Mm-hmm. And like holding a tennis racket, and he just told people this. Um, and one time we were at practice, and my mother, because we practiced at my house in high school, mm-hmm. my mom comes upstairs and she says, "Oh, congratulations on the scholarship and all that." And two months later, he was like, "Oh yeah, I made all of that up. That was a complete lie." 
and what and he like just got a bunch of people to go along with it and it was a joke exclusively for himself like i mean i don't know if i have to respect that or not <laughs> i i do <laughs> a little bit i think i do because it's harmless but like that's really like out of all the bits you could commit yourself to tennis scholarship and he has no problems telling people now that it was a joke right so it's not like it's some sort of pride thing it was just like i guess like i'm just gonna see if i can fool people <laughs> and, and he sure did. congrats looks like we're coming up on time here well as always we've certainly been all over the place uh just to close things off there is nothing interesting happening to happening to papa john that's public right now Apparently he sold off like $270 million worth of stock in March. Yeah, dude's doing fine. Don't worry about it. So he's probably chilling Mm -hmm. somewhere. He's probably still just as sweaty as he was. I mean, when you eat that many pizzas, can you not look greasy all the time? (laughs) I did find out that apparently he didn't eat 40 whole pizzas. It was for a sampling quality inspection thing. But I don't think he had a job at that point. So I don't. So he's just like he was me. doing market research. <laughs> he's just like me. He loses his job and starts eating pizza. Yeah, I go to work every day. <laughs> I work very hard to pull out the thirty pizza boxes in my refrigerator. <laughs> uh, so any closing thoughts? Oh, um, my closing thought is. Man, I hope we get some hobbies soon because every day I spend on the internet is the new worst day of my life. I'm so done with everything relating to the internet, and yet I cannot stop looking at it. My closing thought is it's a good look if you have 30-plus pizza boxes in your bedroom. (laughs) People will think this guy clearly spends a lot more time thinking about his life than he does about what he's going to eat. Use him as a nightstand. Well, shall we do our close out here? Our... Oh, we shall. Uh, this has been another episode of the Terminally Chill podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TChillPod. Uh, we're, running, we're running a little game over there right now where if you get us to 100 followers, we will drop a mixtape, and that's not a joke. Uh, I think we're at like 92 or something right now, mm-hmm. so... If you haven't followed yet, why are you still listening to this show? But yell at your your friends who might enjoy the podcast to follow our Twitter where we, we do all sorts of fun goofs and gags. You can send us an email at terminallychillpod at gmail.com. And, fun fact, you can go on our podcast account right now. And fun fact for the fans, we record these over a week in advance. Because I just tweeted out podcast from our account. And boy, look forward to that is tweet. It, is it doing numbers? Um, not yet. But <laughs> but it will by the time this by, releases. By the time this releases, that thing will probably have two likes. So get on out there. <laughs> Make it happen, folks. For that good content. If you do end up writing us an email and you'd like us to read something out loud on the podcast starting today, please... Set aside that little section. Tell us what you want us to read out loud. Um, We only ask that you make it short, like a maximum two or three sentences. 
and we'll take a look at it. Yeah, and we have gotten a couple of emails lately from our fans, which is truly, personally, a great delight to read and respond to. Uh, it's the terminally chill promise that every email you send will get a response. We can't guarantee when, but uh, all the ones in our inbox have been responded to at this point. So we love hearing from you. Keep them coming. And from all of us here at Terminally Chill, I'm Hunter. And I'm Matthew. Adios. Bye.